A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I'm your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Matt White. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Nothing. Just uh, sick as a dog. I postponed on you two days in a row. It's now Friday, and um, I still sound like a big pile of shit. Uh, I was telling you before we got on the uh, got on the air that I rarely get sick like this. It's It's... I get sick like this probably once every three years or so. I mean, the last time I can remember being sick like this is 2011. So maybe even more infrequently than that. But when I get it, I get it. So I have it right now, and uh, it's been pretty horrible. But uh, we're on the show now. We have no special guest. It's just you and I, but uh, we're going to make it work. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we had uh, obviously we had John on last week, and that was huge. Um, I thought the show went great. Would you th- Would you think of uh, John as a guest? I think we need to have John on more. I mean, that dude he knows everything about anything supplement related, fitness related, bodybuilding related, industry related. I mean, he's been in the game so long. I, I mean. I look up to that guy, you know, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge and I, I was, I was humbled to have him on the show. I mean, I would definitely have him on anytime that he's willing to to come back on. You and I had like a list of like a million questions that we wanted to ask him and we had to narrow it down to like three or four just to, you know, due to time constraints, but I would love to have him back on. Yes. A guy like that, even the the most obvious mundane questions you still want to ask because you never know what kind of thought John Romano will put into them even things that are, seem so obvious or seem you know whatever you you can ask John a question about on those topics and sometimes he takes that topic that seems so simple and he'll dissect it, and you're like, oh, holy shit, I never even thought of it that way. And, and it's a totally different way uh, to look at it. So um, he's, just a, he's just a great guy to have on. He gets you, he gets you thinking, you know. But the, yeah. we actually – or I'm actually using a new recording system because everything electronic that I put my fingers on breaks. I know everyone says that, but it, it's true. Uh, every elect- piece of electronics that I have – at some point or another, I'll, something will happen to it that everyone says, I've never seen that before. And now it's my Skype doing this. I can't even explain it. It's so fucked up. And I've been on 
Skype tech four times. They don't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on. Nothing fixes it. So I had to get a new recording system. And this one works, but I don't really know it. And of course, when I recorded all three of us, we tested it. It sounded fine. Then we actually do the show, and my audio doesn't come up. I'm not there. It's just well, remember you- in the in the middle of it. I shouldn't even say the middle. It was pretty close to to the beginning. Right. I sent you a text, and I said, "Hey, man, you don't sound right. It's coming weird through my uh, headphones." And and you know, you tried to do something on your end. You said, "Is it still there?" You know, I said, "Yeah." Um, and then you said, you know, can you guys hear me? Okay. And John was like, yeah, yeah, you sound, you sound good. You know, it sounds like you're right up at the microphone. And I'm like, I could like barely hear you and make you out. I'm like, man, I'm like, there's something weird. I'm like, my, the audio coming to to me sounds terrible. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll roll with it. If John says it sounds good for him. Yeah. I think that made me nervous, but I, I just chalked that up to, I thought maybe cause the, the microphone can be very sensitive like if i if i like bump the cord it can if it can come undone and what happens when it comes undone is i'm now you're now hearing me through my computer microphone which sounds like absolute shit so uh i thought that happened and then so when you texted me i kind of messed with my uh microphone cord and then I asked you guys, you know, how do I sound? Obviously, I edited, I edited this out of the show. But I asked you guys, like, how do I sound now? And you said I was far away. John said I sounded perfect. So I said, well, whatever, I'm probably fine because I, I, I adjusted my my microphone. But something happened at that moment that made it so I was – I don't know how that even happens. It doesn't there, – there's no logic behind that to me at all. I don't know how I can record us. We all are coming up fine. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the recording, I, it just stops recording me with no with no um, uh, warning on my end whatsoever. Besides you hearing me a little differently, which, again, to me, that doesn't make any sense why the, the system not recording me would – I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened, but – I have a cursed Skype, just like every other electronic device I have is cursed. Uh, but so what? What I had to do was go through. So in, in other words, n- none of my audio came through in the whole show except the first <laughs> five minutes. So I had to go through and listen to the show and re-record myself into the part parts where I was speaking. So I had to make like probably 15 different little audio files to to insert essentially into the original recording in order for it to sound like it ended up sounding and without me saying this you would never have known that it went down like that you know no it sounds good i couldn't believe how good it worked out i mean it took me a long time it took me a good two hours or more. Uh, well, the entire editing process, I don't know how long it took, but the actual um, meat of it, where I sat down and did it, there was a little, took a few little things I had to do, but the actual meat of it was like two hours, maybe two hours and 20 minutes it took me, which is way longer than it should take to, to edit a one-hour show. That's ridiculous. But um, 
we ended up we ended up being able to to, to post the show and everything and uh it was it was nerve-wracking because I thought at first I <coughs> excuse me I didn't know uh how I, I was going to do that it didn't seem like it seemed like an insurmountable task to have to record myself again and put it into all the little spots where I was missing. It just didn't seem like it would ever work. Like it's one of those things where you think, Oh, well in theory I could do that, but you're thinking in the back of your head, there's no way that's going to sound right. It's impossible, but I did it and it sounded fine. So luckily I was able to do that and you guys got the John Romano show. But, uh, I mean, next time we have a guest on central bodybuilding or I have a or a guest, a third person on any show, definitely going to have to listen for that, uh, cue when you or somebody else hears me, uh, kind of drop out and, uh, make sure I stop and, and, and redo it again, you know? Yeah, for sure. But since our last show, uh, with John, we've had... A few things have happened. Uh, this whole Dave Plumbo versus Kevin Lavroni thing has has begun to kind of spiral out of control. We touched on it a couple weeks ago before it kind of became a a big deal, so to speak. But it's it's kind of funny how how it's um it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. I don't know. I I'm surprised at how personal people are taking dave's comments like uh, uh, maybe you heard something i didn't hear but all i heard that was really negative was that dave said he could go in the gym for like what he said like a month or some short period of time and have better legs than kevin and first of all he's 100 percent right i mean he could because dave still has great legs if you ever see him in person and he's 10 years younger than Kevin. So it's like, of course he could. Dave had fucking huge legs back yeah. in his day. And like, again, he's 10 years younger than Kevin. And legs don't just go away. Legs aren't like delts and, and shit where when you get older and you stop training, they shrink a lot. Legs are, I guarantee you, if you saw Tom Platz's legs today, they look better than anyone in the NPC. You know what I mean? So like, and he's older than those guys. So... It's not like maybe he shouldn't have said that. Maybe it was in bad taste, but he's fucking right. And he just, he was just proving a point. Like if I, I couldn't even turn pro. If I can go in the gym, like then he, he has no business competing on a pro stage, but people took it and they're like running with it. Maybe cause there's nothing else to really talk about. I don't know. Like, what do you make of this whole D Plumbo, Kevin Lavroni uh, stuff? I mean, to be honest, I I personally, um, you know, as as a writer, you know, I guess we can call ourselves commentators. I I personally would never write a check that you know I couldn't you know cash. I mean, it's I it, the the way that Dave went about this whole thing was so weird. Like when he first came out and he was like, "Why why would you ever say Kevin's going to win the Olympia?" I don't care if he was training for several years getting ready for the Olympia. That statement alone just boggles me. And the fact that he stuck with it, you know, for whatever reason, you know, if he didn't want to backtrack and be like, ah, I was wrong. In, in the end, he was anyways. 
But, and I mean, it's not a knock to Dave. It's just I would have never said something that was so insane that you knew was never going to happen. And the consequences that were going to come from it, I shouldn't say consequences. There are no consequences. It was just his opinion. But, you know, now he had to go back and backtrack after the show saying, yeah, Kevin didn't look as good as I thought he did. I only saw upper body shots, you know, this, that, and the other. So I think people are more upset that he did a complete 180 on Kevin. You know, going into the show, they were boys, they were buddies. Oh, Kevin's going to win. Kevin's looking great. Kevin this, Kevin that. I believe in Kevin. You know, we've been talking. We've been, you know, texting. I got pictures, exclusive RX pictures. And he did, and it was great. It was exciting. But then as soon as we saw Kevin on stage, we were like, oh, okay, he, he looks good, but not anywhere close to, you know, top 10. And then the fact that he went on, he was like, Kevin should have never competed. His legs looked terrible. His upper body, you know, really wasn't proportionate. You know, his chest was lagging, this, that. You know, just going through the whole gamut of stuff that was wrong with Kevin and kind of throwing him under the bus. Like, you don't belong on stage. You should have never jumped on stage, you know. I think that is what, in my opinion at least, is what more people are are worried about and focusing on and talking about how you can have somebody who's so gung ho about an athlete and predict them to win the whole shebang. They come out, they you know tie for last place. Now all of a sudden you're going to turn on you know what was your friend and and bash him. You know it almost sounds like uh, you know a, a Sean Ray type of interview. Uh, it's it was just odd. Like I I didn't understand the whole scenario of, of where Dave was going to take that and how it was going to play out in the end. Obviously it played out in the end extremely, you know, poorly for Dave uh, and Kevin, I guess, considering how he placed. But I mean, it doesn't change the storyline for me just being able to see Kevin on stage. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, watched the webcast. I threw it up on, on my television and just streamed it there. And I just thought it was cool. I don't give a shit where he plays. Just to see him back on stage was amazing in itself. And the fact that after the show, he came back and he was like, look, you know, I, I had a slight, you know, pec tear. My my quads definitely, you know, weren't weren't hit the way that they should be. I couldn't get under, you know, the squat bar. I had this issue with my knee, which is being, you know, remedied now. And the fact that he's saying that he's going to come back in 2017, I mean, that kind of keeps the excitement going. Like where where can, you know, Father Time take this, so to speak? Uh, so it's exciting for me, you know, the whole issue with, with Dave, I just wish it wasn't there, but you know, it's something that everybody's talking about, whether it's because he's bashing him for, for one reason, or if, you know, he's finally telling the truth. The the thing is like, I, I disagree with most of it. I think, I, first of all, Dave didn't think he was going to win the Olympia. No, anyone who believes that is a, is a fucking moron. Nobody who knows bodybuilding thought he was going to win. They were just saying that to build hype. I wish I could have gone on Iron Debate and bet Dave money because I guarantee you beyond any shadow of a doubt, if I said, Dave, I put $1,000 on it, that he will not even place, that he won't place top three, he would not have done it on his show live. I promise you he wouldn't have because he knows that fucking Kevin LeVron at 52. I don't care who it is. No one is going to, Jesus Christ might, like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, John Romano said the same thing. They weren't, John Romano didn't believe that Kevin Lavroni was going to win the Olympia at 52 and beat Phil Heath, the fucking five-time champ. 
now six time. Like that's that's a joke. They were just doing that. And you can even tell when John said it, there was kind of this like sly grin to him and shit. Like he wasn't he wasn't being literal. Like Jesus Christ, people. So now that he's actually competing, Dave is now being literal. He's now treating him like any other competitor. And it, if Kevin LeVron, let's say, um, just for the sake of, let's say Melvin Anthony came back, right? He's only been gone for, like, what's he been gone now for? Maybe four or five years? Yeah. Let's say Melvin came back and his legs look like Kevin's. And Dave said the same thing about Melvin's legs. No one would say shit. No, they'd be like, Dave's right. His legs are terrible. He needs to either do something about him or not compete. They, they would have no problem with it. But they have all this problem with, with Dave talking about Kevin's legs because he's like Kevin and because of that stupid prediction he made that was just to, to build hype. I mean, come on, people. So I think that the bashing of Dave and, 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 and comparing him to Sean Ray is a little bit unfair just because he's he's right. You can't go on stage with those legs and compete at the pro level. Like Lucas Asadil will eat you alive, and he plays third at the at the Ferrigno. There's no you're not going to be able to stand next to Justin Compton. No, and he he was what ninth at the Olympia. He's going to yeah. blow you away. You can't have those legs and compete at the pro level. Dave is 100 percent right now. Maybe the way he said it was a little bit um. I'm rude or whatever, but what he was saying was totally right. And I feel like now people are, they're, they're trying to like coddle Kevin and, and, and they're still treating him as like a novelty when he already competed. We already saw it. He says he's going to compete again. He says he's going to take time off and compete again. So it's like, I think Dave is now just treating him as, another pro bodybuilder and i don't think there's anything wrong with that the the real issue here is how seriously people took those stupid predictions they made and i think there was consequences to them because i guess people were uh, i don't even know what you would call that like people were starstruck enough to believe that because John and Dave were predicting, quote, predicting him to win that he could actually win. I think a lot of like maybe the younger, I don't even know who like believed them, but somebody did. And I think because of that, when he came out and got dead last, it, it was way more of a letdown because you had guys like uh, Jay Cutler saying, man, he's like, Maybe top 10, but very unlikely. He said, Jay, Jay said, no way top six, no way. And he said, top 10 is going to be very difficult. And he really doesn't think he's going to make top 10. And Jay was right. Because Jay wasn't going to pretend like he thought he was going to win. Right. And the well, same I... thing the same thing with Bob Chicarillo. Bob Chick said, you know, maybe, I don't know the quotes that Bob made, but Bob said the same thing. He He's like, <clears throat> sorry. He said, 
Maybe I think he I think he said that maybe he would squeak into the top ten, but even that would be a miracle. I think that's what he said. A top ten would be a miracle, and he was right. At fifty-two years old, after not competing for thirteen years, top ten in the world, your first time back would be a fucking miracle. Right. Don't talk about him winning. It's stupid. So, if if you didn't have these high-level media people like Dave and John predicting that he will be first, then all we would have had was um, guys like us saying, I think I said like somewhere in the top 10, maybe if he really comes back. You were even more, uh, uh, you questioned it even heavier. You didn't think he was even going to make top 10. And then uh, we have like a Bob, like I said, saying that he won't make top 10. Jay Cutler saying that he won't make top 10. If that's all we had, and he came back and got smoked, it wouldn't be a letdown. It would be like, this is kind of what we were expecting. He looks great. The press conference was awesome. But this is kind of what we knew we were in for. And uh, the whole dynamic would be totally different, I feel like. I mean, people were literally expecting like a 1994 Kevin Lavroni and it's just like why would you think that was going to happen it doesn't it's it, it's completely illogical to, to think that way and I think that those crazy expectations people had for him are really what's causing this whole thing to be a bigger issue than it is well I think you touched on something and, and I want to go back <laughs> to it you said you know Dave and John had their prediction and, you know, they were kind of talking about Kevin and, and Dave was, you know, pretty adamant that Kevin was going to win. And then Jay was saying, nah, he's not going to win. Uh, might not even be top 10. You had other people in the industry saying the exact same thing. Uh, you know, we were basically saying there's no way he was going to win, you know, top 10, eh, uh, you know, he'll place somewhere, but, you know, not great. And I think where it differs is, you know, Dave has RX and, and they do the coverage. So the fact that somebody who does the coverage is is putting out, you know, the 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 hype saying Kevin's gonna win, to an extent I think that kind of hurts the credibility of the coverage. You know, whether he was being biased or he was, you know, being real or just for the hype, you know, whatever his his reasoning is, is his alone. But, you know, if, if I go to a website and, and I want to see coverage and I want to see, you know, a preview of, of an event that's going to be taking place and I hear that Kevin Lavroni is, you know, their favorite to win and he places dead fucking last, I don't want to go to that site again to get information. I'm, I would go check out somebody else at that point. And I love Dave. I love the content that they're putting out. But to me, it like kind of taints what what they're doing. And, you know, again, no disrespect. It's just how I feel. Like if you're going to put out such a bold prediction and say Kevin's going to win, he better be in the fucking top 10. Like I don't I don't want to hear that. Oh, well, he placed last. And then you retract everything and you're like, he looked terrible. His legs were terrible. You know, chest was, you know, lacking, whatever. Like if you're going to make your predictions, make real predictions. OK, you know, Phil's going to win. You know, then maybe Sean or Dexter or however he thinks that it's going to lay, you know, lay out for top five. So be it. But, you know, don't just feed us stuff to create hype. I get it. 
I mean, Kevin coming back is hype enough of, you know, new versus old. We don't need somebody going out there and saying, oh, he's going to win it all. No, nobody really believed that. And and you said yourself that if, if somebody bet Dave anything, even a dollar, Dave wouldn't have done it. Right. And I think, too, I, I hearken back to even if winning is like – there's so much that goes into him winning that makes it just completely crazy. I mean, Kai couldn't win. And it, and he tried time and time again. Dexter couldn't win. Sean can't win. Dennis Wolf can't win. It, it, like, knocking out, or knocking off, I should say, the champ is just super unlikely in professional bodybuilding. Period. I mean, come back and being an older guy, being out for more than a decade, all that aside, knocking out the champ is almost impossible as it is. So to say he's going to win, I mean, if Dave was like, I think he's going to be in the mix, that'd be, that'd be ridiculous, but at a whole different level of ridiculous. Saying he's going to win is like, a joke. It's like a joke. Like you're making a joke. It's like sarcasm. You know what I mean? There's no. If you're saying, "Oh, I bet he'll, he'll be. He might be uh, third through fifth. That's one thing. But first, like beating the rating. It's just like stop, stop. It's just that's craziness. And I wonder too. Um, David Bay brought this up on the last rep. He said. It's possible that it kind of sounds silly, but I, I think it's totally possible that. So Dave was in contact with Kevin through the whole prep. And and he said, I mean, who, who knows what the truth is, but I believe him. Dave says that he never saw his legs. And I believe that. I don't think any soul saw his legs for obvious reasons. Um, but... Dave also said that Kevin was telling him through the whole prep that his legs were there. His legs were there. So Dave seeing this great upper body, which from the front and from the side was competitive at the Olympia. Um, and, and, and Kevin's telling him his legs are there. His legs are there. Lying to Dave. Because Kevin's, I mean, don't tell me. like Kevin's not stupid. He knows bodybuilding. He knew damn well his legs were not there. So, maybe Dave feels slighted in that Kevin was feeding him these lies about his legs being great. And Dave was touting how great Kevin looked based partly on what Kevin was telling him and trusting Kevin, you know. And then when he saw him on stage, he may have thought, dude, what the hell? Why would you tell me your legs are there? When they're worse than Sadiq Hadzovic's. Like, what the fuck is that, you know? So maybe Dave is upset with that that Kevin led him on, so to speak, going into the show, you know? Well, Kevin could have had, you know, the the gym mindset and comparing himself to, to others in the gym. And no shit, he's going to look like a, a, a freak at, at, you know, exile know, where, think, he's, uh, where he's training. 
I mean, I don't know His if he was doing that. Maybe. He's training and he's like, okay, yeah, my, my legs are big. They they definitely didn't match his upper body. That's that's for sure. But he might have looked at him and said, okay, you know, they're not bad. Maybe that's what he was feeding Dave. Like, yeah, they're they're there. Um, but you know, it's it's the same thing when you look at somebody. Uh, heck, even look at people on on Facebook. They post pictures, and then you meet them in person, and you're like, what the heck? Like that dude looks nothing like that. It could be the same thing. Like he's he's seeing pictures, he's seeing the way that he looks, and he, he has nothing to compare it to. And then when he steps on stage with everybody else, he just gets dwarfed. Yeah, I mean, that that's possible. I think that um, I don't know though with with his the way his legs look from the front particularly. There's just no way that Kevin was delusional delusional enough to believe that his legs were good enough to stand on the Olympia stage. I mean, I just think that's. I think he knew, and he was just hiding it. But, I mean, in his defense, what are you going to do? You're going to tell one of the biggest, possibly the biggest media guy in the whole industry, Dave, that your legs are terrible? You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> that that's, 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 that, what if he says that on the air? You're fucked, you know? So, yeah, but it could have saved him. I mean, look what Victor did with, with Steve. <laughs> he went over to Bev's and said, am I ready? And Steve said, no. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it kept weighed, him out he of He weighed 195 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Dave could have saved him and been like, uh, you said you are going to compete, so you better compete. But, you know, we're not going to blow this up and, and, and hype it up that you're going to win at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, again, I, I just want to say one, one more time, like, I think that um, – the the I, I, I ironically on RX I've been arguing with people about um how good Phil Heath is and people are just uh, people just don't give him respect as the Mister Olympia they just think that like every other Olympia champ was better than him even though he smoked the field six years in a row they he still still doesn't get any respect it's almost like LeBron James uh, Phil would love that comparison but. There's nothing LeBron can do to match Michael Jordan. If LeBron wins 12 championships and 12 MVPs, people will still say Jordan was way better. There's no comparison at all. There's people will do. There's nothing LeBron can do. If if they beat the Super Team Warriors with Durant, Curry, uh, Thompson, all these guys, and it's it's all LeBron. LeBron carries the team and everything. MVP again, he wins all these rings. No one, it'll still be, doesn't compare to Michael Jordan. I feel like it's one of those situations now with uh, with Phil Heath where people are like, they, they, they won't even they won't even mention him in the same breath as Dorian or, or Ronnie. And it's like, well, okay, he wouldn't have beat Ronnie at his best. No, but don't act like there's no comparison there. I mean, he's the essentially undisputed six-time champ uh so my, my whole the, the reason i i i started with that is th- thinking about kevin beating him it's like listen kevin take whatever kevin you think is his absolute best and you put him next to phil okay at his this year phil is bigger hands down he's bigger he's bigger everywhere Bigger arms, bigger delts, 
bigger back, bigger everything. Everything is bigger than Kevin this year. He Kevin has a tighter waist. Yeah, okay. But Phil's waist is pretty good. From the front, it, it's close, I guess. They, they go pose for pose. From the back, Kevin gets eaten alive. No, Nobody, I mean, somebody please try to argue how the best Kevin beats the best Phil from the rear. It, it's not even a contest. There's a, he, he destroys Kevin from the rear. So you're going to have a situation where the best Kevin and the best Phil from the front, they're close. Maybe Kevin has the edge. From the back, it's a landslide. Phil destroys him. So how does Kevin doesn't beat him even at his best, you know, which is just another point to the whole idea of him winning at 52, making it a ridiculous notion. Um, Phil Heath is way better than people think. People, I don't know what it is. Like people like don't like him or whatever. They think he's like a chump. He's fucking amazing. He 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 is like this year, 2016. He beat every other bodybuilder in the world handily. There was no question who won that show. He smoked everybody. And people are like, oh, well, uh, oh, Flex Wheeler at his best would just... Fuck off. Flex Wheeler at his best would not beat Phil Heath. Stop. It's the same story with Kevin. Phil Heath would be bigger everywhere. Phil Heath would be way harder everywhere. And Phil Heath would smoke him from the back. Even though uh, Flex was good from the back, it's like... Taking Phil Heath from the back, it's like taking Flex Wheeler from the back and just making everything a little more dense and muscular, everything on his whole body, from his calves through his traps, you know? Like, Flex Wheeler in 98 or whatever is not going to beat Phil Heath. Like, I don't buy that. Now, you may think that Flex Wheeler's physique was better, and I agree. Like, 98 Flex Wheeler, I, I like that physique better than Phil's physique now, no doubt. I, I, I like that physique better, but the way bodybuilding is judged is what we're talking about. And Phil would beat him. There's no way Phil would, would, would lose to him the way bodybuilding is judged. So the, the whole Kevin winning thing, it's like people get, people get so, it's like when somebody dies and they become a million times more famous because they're dead now. It's like. When, when a bodybuilder, the bodybuilders from the 90s just have this this stigma about them. Like they were invincible. Like they could beat anybody from today. It's it's, it's like this nostalgic, um, these like nostalgic goggles these bodybuilding fans have on that make them think that Sean Ray and Flex Wheeler, they were all, like I've heard Dave like say that if Flex was competing today, he'd win 10 Olympias in a row. Like, what? No, he wouldn't. Flex Wheeler, the way he looked back in the day, would not beat Phil Heath today. Maybe like last year. Maybe. But to, to, to believe those notions, you must also believe that bodybuilding has regressed substantially in the last 20 years. And it really hasn't. Um, now, maybe... The way that you, whoever you is, the way that you prefer a physique to be, maybe that has regressed, but the sport, how it is judged, 
has not just fallen off a cliff to the point where guys who were taking third 20 years ago could beat the champ today. Like, stop. That just it, it's it's silly to think of that. Um it's it's a whole different story what you like and what you prefer and the beauty and blah blah blah. But bodybuilding judging, the guys today would beat the not all the guys, but Phil Heath in particular would beat all those guys. He just be, mostly because of how he looks from behind and how hard he is, you know. It's just um, I get tired of the back in the day, and you see it in every sport. And uh, I feel like it's bad in um, it's really bad in basketball as well. And now that basketball's back on, I'm gonna start making analogies to basketball. But uh, I think the basketball ones are a little more accurate because basketball obviously doesn't have the room to progress that bodybuilding does. Cause bodybuilding is like a bodybuilding is progression. That's the sport. It's a, it's a sport of progression. Basketball is not like bodybuilding basketball. Like you can't, you can't discover a new drug combination to be a way better basketball player. It doesn't really work that way. Or you can't, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it just doesn't, and, and the talent pool is already saturated and stuff, so it's hard to find freaks out of nowhere in basketball. But so it's a little better comparison, or a little better argument, I should say. But uh, I, I just get tired of hearing that uh, the, these guys who couldn't even beat, couldn't even win the Olympia twenty years ago, would would de- demolish everyone today. It's like th- that's not true. I mean, if that's true, then what the what the hell? Like, how how is how has bodybuilding sank so much? It doesn't. What other sport does that happen in? Name another sport where the guy who was the guy or team or whatever that was third best twenty years ago could beat the best of the best today. That is, like that's crazy. It's just crazy. Like there's no way that the 2016 Cleveland Cavs would lose to whatever. New York Knicks or whatever from 95. It's like, there's no way like, or a football team or any sport. It doesn't even matter. Golf, any sport. If you take a guy who wasn't even the best 20 years ago and put him against the best guy today, he's going to get demolished. It's just the way it is. Like sports get better. They progress. You know, even if they don't progress, you're still talking about the best compared to not quite the best, you know? So, I don't know, that, 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 that tends to irk me. So, anyways, that's probably enough uh, Kevin talk. Yeah, we'll, and, we'll uh, lay we'll off see. Kevin until uh, 2017. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if he actually competes or not. I don't know. The, I think the, he will. I hope he does, but the hype train has slowed down so much that... Oh, another thing... Um. Another thing that was uh, proposed to me about the whole Kevin thing, I guess we're not done talking about Kevin, um, was that maybe Kevin and Dave have orchestrated this whole thing nah. in order to become like what what I say um, on two shows ago. I think it was I talked about how Kevin's comeback went from, or just Kevin in general went from the number one story in the industry by a mile to something that's not even talked about. 
It just fell off a cliff so hard, that whole story. Maybe Kevin and Dave are now creating this rivalry and this back and forth, which hasn't been much of a back and forth. It's just like a one thing. But just to um, – because, I mean, think about it. It makes a little bit of sense because I just talked about Bob and, and Dave Bay talking about it on their show. If not for Dave making those comments, Kevin would not have come up on that show at all. He would not have been maybe uh, maybe for one sentence he would have came up, uh, you know, just offhand or whatever. But he there wouldn't have been a whole fifteen minute segment of the show dedicated to Kevin if that didn't happen. It's same with our show. We wouldn't be talking about Kevin right now if it wasn't for that little interchange they had, you know? So there have, people have come to me with the, the theory that they're just doing it to create more buzz for Kevin, that all this buzz that had, had disappeared. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that and, and that there's a rivalry going on and that's gonna, you know, keep the talk going with Kevin. I mean, I don't understand what they would get out of it. I mean, it's not like Dave is stepping on stage. If he was, then then so be it. Then maybe we have something to talk about. You know, if Dave thinks that after a month in the gym, his legs could be better than Kevin's, cool. Go go prove it. Let us see. Maybe Dave should jump on stage. I mean, he's younger than Kevin. Maybe he wants to have a comeback. Or maybe Sean Ray wants to have a comeback and go toe-to-toe with Kevin, you know, since they kind of butt heads all the time. I mean, sure, if we create a new story, that would be ideal, but... I mean, you have a competitor who's going up against somebody in the media. Uh, I mean, shit, you don't see LeBron blasting uh, people who are who are interviewing him, you know, or commentators and, and making it a rivalry between a commentator and a, and an athlete. I don't I don't know if I necessarily see that as, as being true. Well, yeah, well, it would be artificial, but uh, I don't think that's true either. But uh, it, it is an interesting take on the whole scenario. And uh, one that could be true. But speaking of comebacks, there's talk of Flex Wheeler coming back. And uh, I didn't really want to talk about this too much. But I just thought that uh, maybe we'll – I'm sure we'll get into it on a future show because uh, people are starting to talk about Flex Wheeler coming back. And I will say at the Olympia, he looked really big and just uh, – he just looked different. I mean he looked um, – I don't know, like his neck and his head, and it just he just looked like he was, he was, uh, may have been gassing it again. But I don't, I don't know. But uh, I don't, I don't think he's gonna come back. People are saying maybe a 2017 Masters show is in the works that we don't all know about. I don't, I don't think I'm gonna see Flex on stage. I haven't heard anything from him, so uh, I, I doubt it. But I'm, we'll probably delve into that in future shows. But uh, you know what, if if they want to come back, if if the guys in the 90s want to come back and do Masters. <laughs> That would be awesome. I would love that. But please, do not come back and, and do the Open. Right. It's, you know what, you had your time. You're not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with anybody in the top five these days. Just don't, you know, don't do it. If you want to make a comeback, cool. Jump in Masters. Go do that. Go, you know, go do something else. I, I really don't care. But jumping back in the Open, you saw what happened to Kevin. And, you know, some people say that it ruined his legacy and, and you know, it, you know it, 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 he's backpedaling now. I, I don't know. 
But regardless, if Kevin would have jumped into the Masters, eh, Kevin probably would have done extremely well. But uh, but don't. Uh, Flex, do not come back in the open. Anybody, do not come back in the open uh, and, and think that you have something to prove. You have nothing left to prove. And what you're going to prove coming back is that you can't compete with the guys today. Exactly. Um, nobody from the 90s is going to come back and challenge the guys today. It's just not going to happen. But I wanted to touch on, uh, just give a shout-out to Stan Efforting. Uh, Stan Efforting has a YouTube channel um, called Stan Efforting, and he has these videos called Rhino's Rants. And uh, I just think they're amazing, and I think people should check them out. Uh, Stan Efforting is um, just a brilliant guy, and... and uh, a very in, in in the world of bodybuilding, I think that Stan is a kind of an untapped wealth of knowledge that people don't really understand. Uh, the guy is just brilliant. Uh, his ability to speak, he's a better talker than anyone in the industry. Period. Nobody in the industry, nobody in the fitness industry, even John Romano. Nobody can talk. John Romano has the vocabulary, but as far as like f- talking uh, fluently and being uh, articulate and not not g- saying um or, or or like and stuff like that, um, the San Efforting is unmatched. Um, there's no pausing. There's no thinking about that. He's just he he speaks so eloquently. That is, it's really, really impressive, and um, it makes his videos much easier to watch. And not, I mean, the, the the most important thing, aside from that, is the fact that the information he gives is not only phenomenal, but it's very thought provoking as well. Um, I, I've watched pretty, I think I've watched every single one of his videos, and it really. It really gets you thinking about all the bodybuilding and fitness fitness related stuff that comes up on a daily basis in our industry. And Stan has a great take on it, and he's done it all basically. He's 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 uh he's coached pro athletes in several boxing, pro football. Um, he's totaled the best two seventy five pound raw total in human history. At one point, so he was essentially the strongest 275 pounder the world has ever seen um, recorded. Uh, he earned pro status. He wasn't the greatest bodybuilder, but he was a great bodybuilder. He's done it all. He has an extensive education. He's created several super successful businesses. Um, he's just kind of done it all. He's he's a he's just a, a super intelligent guy that really knows his shit. So I would go. You guys want to learn something? Go check out Rhino Rhino's rants on Stan Efferding's YouTube. Just very impressive to me. But uh, I just want to touch on that. And then we did have a couple shows. I want to talk about Frigno Legacy uh, for a couple reasons. We had, I mean, the show itself was kind of dull. Nathan DeAsha, who I definitely thought was going to win, because I thought I thought he got kind of snubbed at the Olympia. He comes in here, he wins, he beats Justin Compton, who. There's two stories here I want to touch on. One is those guys were like a little bit off their best. They were good. 
I think um, I think Nathan can be a force in the IFBB if he makes some improvements. He's got a small waist. He needs to his posing needs to be better and stuff, but he needs more polish. But he, he's he's definitely a, a potential. He's a, he's a future. He's potentially a future uh, contender at the at the top shows. But the first thing I want to touch on it's kind of funny. I like Justin Compton. He's a cool guy, but you know, sometimes. So Justin Compton was on. Dave, Dave had like a role to Olympia with the Compton Chronicles or whatever he called it, and Justin was on there, kind of mocking. The fact that bodybuilders eat so clean, how they avoid gluten, and they avoid all these preservatives and stuff. And he really, he really, um, now, let me, let me be clear. I'm not saying that I agree with a gluten-free diet and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about that. But I, it's funny that Justin Compton went on and on about how, oh, gluten doesn't bother people, and that's bullshit, and I'll eat... I don't care if there's extra sugar in this or that. It doesn't really matter. There's this preservative. Like, I don't think it really makes a difference. And Dave's, like, agreeing with him and whatever. And then, but, every show he does, he has a bloated, washed-out midsection. And I feel like if you're going to go on uh, interviews and talk about how loose your diet is and it kind of like brag about it like you better not show up with a bloated soft stomach and no abs and he does that almost every show and i think that's kind of a funny i don't know if you saw those interviews but i i just think it's kind of a funny dynamic that people don't realize is happening like this guy talking about eating regular bread and shit in his prep and then coming into every show and having a water buffalo stomach that's bloated and then going on and on about how all oh, the foods are this, that, and the other thing, these allergies are bullshit. It's just kind of like, it's kind of funny how maybe it is all that stuff you're eating. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it's like the, it, it's kind of like, what's that saying? The, uh, uh, what's that saying? The pot calling the kettle hot or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um. Isn't it like a kettle meat pot or something like that? Yeah, in other words, you it's someone it's like a a short guy calling another a short guy uh short, you know. It's like a it's just kind of a funny a funny dynamic how he uh kind of bashes clean eating and almost in a way he doesn't do if it fits your macros, but in a way he kind of eats like that. He does if it fits your macros more than most bodybuilders preparing for Olympia. Then he shows up every show with a bloated stomach and talks about how you don't need to cut these foods out. It's just that that's kind of ironic to me. But Lou Frigno put on this show, and uh, him and uh, Chris uh, Chris Mines, I think his name is. Um, Chris is a great dude. I actually had the opportunity to eat dinner with him at the Olympia a couple years ago with the Iron Mag crew. But, uh, brilliant kid. But, um, it's, it's interesting how they charge two ninety nine for the webcast just because of Lou's, like, I don't disagree with that at all. I think it's a great idea, but because of Lou's, um, what would the word be? His, the, the, the stigma that, that surrounds him about charging for, um, 
photos and autographs and stuff. It's, it's funny how Lou's show just happened to be one of the first shows that charged for the webcast, you know? I gotta be honest. I I see both sides of it. Um, if they charge for the webcast for the Olympia, would people pay for it? Absolutely. Is it kind of crappy that I guess people are paying to go to the show and then they have a live version, but I guess it's really no different than say an NFL or NBA or MLB, NHL, whatever game where people are paying top dollar to go to the show or, or game, I should say, uh, and they can watch it free on television. So I, I don't, I guess I don't really agree with it. Um, I have nothing nice to say to Lou. Um, so I'll, I'll just try and keep my opinions to myself, I guess. Otherwise, we'll be called negative. But you have a guy who literally, if you want to talk to him, he charges you by every word that comes out of his mouth. I mean, the, 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 it's basically what the guy does for a living. You want a picture? Here, you got to pay for it. You want an autograph? You, here you go. You got to pay for it. Listen, nobody gives two fucks about Lou Ferrigno these days. Yeah, it's cool. He was the, the, uh, the Hulk. Great. Golfers clap. I don't give a fuck. You're you're nobody in the industry these days. In fact, most of the people think that you're a piece of shit. Uh, I would probably put you up with Sean Ray in terms of how much people dislike you in the industry. Uh, again, I don't have anything against Sean Ray, but everybody else seems to. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I can't stand the guy. I think he's a prick. I think he's arrogant. I think he's an asshole. I think he's everything that we don't need in the industry, and I would love for him just to disappear. <laughs> well, it was that so, was that too negative? Well, Shit. I think next time you should tell me how you really feel. But uh, censorship. It, it's, it's funny because you're not the first person to say pretty much that same thing about Lou. I've had people on the show before who have said the same thing, but Lou just seems like a guy who's very polarizing because there's two schools of thoughts on Lou. What you just said, asshole, worthless prick. And then the other people like Dave and John who say people misunderstand him. He's a great guy, this, that. I can't believe people don't like him, blah, 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 you know. So I don't know. I've never talked to Lou. I don't really know. Um, I don't really have any – I was never into Lou Ferrigno. I never – I wasn't – you know, I doesn't. I never – I never watched the Hulk. I didn't really ever care about Lou Ferrigno coming up. So I don't really have any – I don't really have any uh, – ambition or whatever to meet him I don't, I don't really care but um so i don't really have a strong opinion on the guy but uh it's funny how people have such differing opinions of him um well those opinions come from somewhere obviously yeah and i and, mean uh, I'm, I'm not pretending that i know him like he and i sat down and had dinner and talk on the phone and stuff like that it's just through meeting him and and you know i sat with him at the airport he sat next to me uh I'm pretty sure it was after the Olympia and uh, I saw how he communicated with people and I got the wrong vibe off of that. And I tried talking to him. He wasn't big of a talker. Uh, Maybe he had a bad day. I don't know, but it seems like every time I see the guy, he's, he never seems to be, you know, gracious for what the sport has provided for him. Um, If, if he disappeared, the sport would move on. He's he's not a figure like an Arnold 
or uh, a Ronnie or, or, you know, any of the big names back in the 90s. I mean, anyone really. You put him up to anybody in the, the 90s or, or today who is winning the Olympia or constantly winning the, uh, the Arnold. I mean, I, I look at Kai as what a loss this sport would have if Kai was out of it. Lou, I don't have that feeling. You can disappear, and I wouldn't even think about you. You wouldn't even be a dot in my memory bank. It, it, there would be nothing. You wouldn't even exist. But I, every time I see him, he's always trying to get somebody to pay for something. I mean, when I sat next to him at the, the airport, he tried to have a little kid go back to, to his dad to go get a freaking $20 bill to go pay for a picture. Like, are you kidding me? The kid's like five. He doesn't know who you are. You just look like a giant because that's what you are. And he just wants a picture. Give him a freaking picture. He doesn't even know who the hell you are. His parents probably don't even know who you are. And you're charging $20 for a picture. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yes, it's interesting. I can't uh, wait to see the comments of this show. They're going to be like, wow, I can't believe Jeff did all that shit. Oh, my God. Matt was such an asshole. <laughs> you, well, you brought up you brought up Kai Green and uh, that that show that people thought was so negative was what a few weeks ago now, and yeah. uh, so far we're right because no one is saying anything about Kai Green. He's essentially disappeared from the industry. Um, you see some Separate really crappy, there. you see some really crappy Generation Iron stuff with him here and there. That I don't know how anyone gets through that shit. I mean, with that Vlad guy and and Kai. That, that that combination is like listening to Hillary Clinton and Rosie O'Donnell talk about uh, fucking men on their menstrual cycle. Like, fucking A, dude. I don't know how anyone listens to that. But uh, it's just, I think I think we were totally right about that. I think, just just wait and see. He's going to fail at what he's doing now. He's going he's gonna to fail at, at um, betraying the bodybuilding industry. Uh, and then he's going to end up back here just like most of the guys or all the guys have, uh, you know, but anyways, then that's something we, we can follow and see if our, our negativity was correct or not. But in regards to charging for the webcast for the Ferdinand legacy, I think it's a bit much. I mean, it's probably 50 cents, not $3 because I wouldn't pay $3. I'll be honest with you. I would not pay three dollars to the Frigno Legacy. Well, let me let me let me rephrase. To see that Frigno Legacy, I would not pay three dollars. To see Nathan DeAsha compete against uh, Justin Compton and Lucas Osladil, I'm not going to pay three dollars. I mean, call me a cheap bastard, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> uh, now, if it was like Dexter and Sean and stuff, I probably still wouldn't have paid three dollars. Mostly because whenever it was on, I probably would have had something going on. I couldn't, but. At the Olympia and the Arnold, absolutely I would pay $3. And I think that a lot of people would pay $3. And it would end up being a lot of money. Now, depending on where that money goes and how it's utilized. Now, they've had the webcast for years now free of charge. So I think almost all that money should go to the athletes. And I think... That would be great. That would be amazing. If you make the Olympia webcast five bucks and the Arnold webcast four bucks, they could make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
thousands of dollars off people watching that webcast. People are going to watch the Olympia webcast for five bucks. I mean, come on. I, I, I order fucking episodes of shows on Amazon for three bucks. You know what I mean? Like, so if I really want to see something, so I think that would be a great way to bring in more revenue for the athletes and stuff. Now, if the money's just going to go to whoever and someone's going to pocket it, then fuck off. It's a stupid idea, obviously. But um, assuming that money, I just think it's a great, it would be a great way to to get our, our, our athletes in our industry a lot more money, assuming the money is dealt with appropriately that, that, that is garnered from it, you know? They just have to figure out how they would split it up. I could see that being an issue. Like, let's say they had five hundred thousand dollars from all the people that that did that, who who watched it and paid. How would they split it up? Would most of it go to bodybuilding because that's the biggest draw? Then you have like the women competitors who are already complaining about how, you know, Phil walks away with all the money that he did at the Olympia, while while they basically got like a three thousand dollar check. <laughs> Uh, I, I could see that happening where they're like, well, go screw yourself. Like, why, why am I jumping on stage so that we can just give more money to, to the bodybuilders when, you know, we're out here competing too. A bikini competitor complaining about how much Phil Heath gets paid is like a video game system. It, that's like a video game on your phone. That's 2d. Some company that makes one video game app that goes on a phone that's 2D and sucks. It's that Snake game or whatever it was. It's Remember like that back in the it, day. It, well, well, yeah, but it's like a it's like a, 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 a an app game complaining that Nintendo gets too much money. Like, <laughs> stop, stop. The whole reason you can compete is because of the bodybuilders, and the whole reason there's any fans at all is because of the bodybuilders. Yeah. Fucking bikini, like, give me a break. Yeah, your friends and family come. You, you really don't Jesus. have. Uh, you, you had to make me go negative, you, Matt. You had to make me go negative on that. <laughs> hey, misery loves company. I don't want to be the only that, one that, blasted but, in the but, comments. It's a perfect point, though. Like now, that that shit ruins it. It's like, well, okay, well, we get we get fifty thousand dollars worth of entry, uh, worth of people paying to see this. Now, all the bikini girls are gonna want money because it's like, fucking a, but. You know, I, I was thinking about bodybuilding, like, because it's what the fucking show is. It's bodybuilding. It started with bodybuilding. All the supplement companies were built off bodybuilders. It's all fucking bodybuilding. Everything else is like an offshoot wannabe. Well, so, look at all the other shows. The other shows that are just men's physique, uh, you know, bikini, and, you know, a couple a couple different divisions like that. Is, like, nobody talks about them. Nobody knows about them. There's stuff going on like every single week with that stuff. You, you don't hear about it. You know nobody, what they should do? Nobody cares. This is what I want them to do. This would make me so happy. Make it so with the webcast, you have to – to watch the webcast, you have to pay five bucks. Okay? And you have to, you have to answer a one-question survey on which division – is why you are watching the webcast. Like, which division is drawing you into the webcast? Now, I hate surveys because I remember taking surveys as a kid in school, and I would just put the most ridiculous answers and laugh to myself about it. Surveys are a joke. But 
I, I used to say that I use heroin like three times a week and stuff. Like, just because who the fuck cares? The survey, my name's not on it. Like, I'm a I'm a ten year old kid. My name's not on it. Fuck off. But uh, yeah, you I want to like see a troubling that. little kid. I, Did you get? In trouble no, about? I was just I was just a goofball. But think about like, I want to see pay, charge money. That's important. Charge money for the Olympia webcast, and then make. Make people answer a question as to which just make it bodybuilding, bikini, figure, uh, fitness, uh, men's physique. Uh, put put the classic physique nice. in with a bodybuilding, you know. You could kinda you could put like you could put like bodybuilding, um you could put bodybuilding, bikini slash men's physique, and then fitness figure. Those three categories. So one is to two twelve in the open. One is uh, bikini and the and the board shorts guys, and then the other one is uh, fitness and figure. Just put those three, and, and have, I bet you that ninety nine percent of people that have paid those five dollars will be for bodybuilding, and that's why I say that there's no bikini fans and why it doesn't matter. Like that's why. That would prove it, but they'll never do that because it would prove my point. It would prove that nobody gives a shit about bikini. It's just a sideshow. There's hot bikini girls everywhere all the time. Every beach in America, every commercial, every TV show, they're everywhere all the time. There's nothing special about a bikini girl with fake boobs, a small waist, and a fucking enhanced butt. They're everywhere all the time. Especially in America where women are subjects, or objects, not subjects, or objects. It's like, uh, it's like, it's that shit's everywhere. That's, that's what everybody uses for every, every single show has a perfect 10 bikini fucking person on it. So that when you're flipping through the channels, some fucking old man who doesn't get laid sees that and stops on it. Every show has that. (laughs) It's like, why, why would you go and pay money to watch them from 50 feet away on a stage? It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Why would you? Why would you go pay your money and go sit there for an hour to watch that when you see it all the time, every day, everywhere? Where do you see Phil Heath or Dorian Yates or Sean Roden? Where do you you never see those physiques anywhere unless you go to the supermarket and pick up a a magazine, which is probably not even there anymore. You know, it's not unique. It, nobody cares about that shit, and that's why the bodybuilders get more money. That's like it's really not that. Uh, it's pretty simple, you know. <laughs> You go to the but, circus uh, to see the freakiest stuff. Yeah, not the that's, hot girl, not the hot girl in a bikini. Yeah, the circus. There's hot girls in bikinis at the circus. There's hot girls in bikinis at every magic show. There's hot girls in bikinis everywhere all the time, especially in this country. Well, you can it's, go to the expo and see chicks that have the exact same physique working the expo who don't compete at all. They might yeah, and you coddled. can smack them on the ass too, and they won't know who the fuck did it. <laughs> but you're going to pay your money and go watch them from 50 feet away? No, come on. So, anyways, man, this show turned into a shit show fast. Nothing but <laughs> negativity at the end. I'm we did so sick. good. I'm fucking <laughs> sick. My boss calls right before the show starts, asks me to come in early for a fucking nine, eleven hour shift. Sick as fuck. So that's how I feel about the bikini division. It's crap. But uh, I don't have any problem with the bikini division itself. That's that, but don't. It's like vegans, okay? Like, I don't have any problem with you not eating animal products, but don't fucking tell people it's healthy because it's not. And don't tell people, just don't fucking preach it and shit. It's the same as bikini. Like, you can have your bikini contest, you bend over and show you're snatched to all the judges and look like a fool. That's fine. But 
don't act as if you should get more money or you work as hard as body. Shut the hell. Stop. Just stop. Like, just do your thing. Be happy there's a, there's a place for you to do it that's not a fucking bar. And you don't you don't have to d- d- stop acting as if you don't get enough respect and shit. It's like, stop. Like, you're only there for entry fees, period. And everybody knows it. You know, don't act as if you need more money or you don't get enough respect or we work as hard as the bodybuilders. What? Are you serious? Like, come on. Like, it's just insane. It's insane. You don't hear table tennis players saying they work as hard as NFL players. What the hell? And that comparison's way, way, way closer <laughs> than a bodybuilder and a bikini girl. Way closer. Like, Jesus. Anyways, episode 68 has come to a has come to a, an abrupt end. I'm ending this shit. It's crap. <laughs> it's all crap. Uh, anyways, uh, it was a good show, I think. <clears throat> and uh, sick as fuck. And um, we're both kind of under the weather. It's the fucking uh, whatever you want to call this area of the country. It's it's the weather. Like today, it's beautiful out. Last two days, it's like rainy and sleet and bullshit. And uh, I guess maybe it's the weather, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, I usually get it twice a year. Usually, like spring, and then again in the fall when when the temperatures change. But literally, Mother Nature is just screwing with me. Like my sinuses are so jacked up. I don't know how it's coming through on the audio here, but. I'm extremely nasally right now. Um, so if you can hear that, <laughs> I apologize. But, yeah, I mean, the weather here, it's yeah. been hot and then cold, and then it gets warm, and then it gets super cold, and then it gets up to, like, 70, and then it's back down to 40. It's it's yeah. all over the place. So literally, like, my head is just in constant limbo of what's going on. <laughs> we both sound like Snuffleupagus, so you know, I, I had to mute my mic several times to cough and hack and blow my nose. So hopefully, I'm sure you guys heard some of that. I apologize. But uh, anyways, episode 68 of Central Bodybuilding. Check out IronMagLabs.com. This show is supported by IronMagLabs.com and IronMagResearch.com. Uh, both websites, you can use coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off at checkout. Um Again, that's ironmagresearch.com and ironmaglabs.com. Uh, like I said, check out Stan Efferding's YouTube. I'm not getting anything from that. I, I barely even talk to Stan, but uh, I just think it's great, and I think people will be smarter for listening to it, and that's always a good thing. Uh, ironmagazine.com is where this show will air. You can find it on iTunes under Iron Mag Radio. It probably comes up under Central Bodybuilding as well, but uh, that's pretty much all I got. Check out... Uh, Iron Magazine is also where our articles are, are uh, posted. Matt and I, we always have fresh articles up there, and uh, great contact, thought product, great contact, content, content, and thought provoking uh, stuff. And that's all I got, Matt. Yeah, I, I think it was good. I think our meds probably halfway through the show wore off, and then you know exactly. our true colors came through. <laughs> Yeah, my my wife texted me about five minutes ago on the show. I'm looking at my phone. She's like, "Do you want more Robitussin? It's almost gone." I was like, "Yes." I do. So uh, yes, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Robitussin out all all night at work. So uh, <laughs> are you just gonna carry it around in your pocket when nobody's looking? Just quick, take a swig like of a, it, like a flask of Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> like I did that yesterday. I I put Robitussin in with my I got like an you know those energy 
like packets they sell like Walmart and shit. Yeah. It's like a flavored energy packet. I don't know. Yep. I put that in water with like half a serving of Robitussin after my real serving and then sipped it all night and it didn't really work. I had a I had to duck into the office for a into and for a massive coughing attack last night. <laughs> I thought I was going to puke all over the computer, but I I uh that's it. I'm done complaining about it. I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be good in a couple of days. I'll be back to my uh my old self. And uh, with that, we've come to the end, finally, of another episode of Central Bodybuilding, episode 68, brought to you by IronMagLabs.com. I am Jeff Roberts for Mr. Matt Wyke, and we are out. <laughs>